It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 879 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today by J.D. Raider. He is back. He issued a press release in my Slack last night where he issued a statement that he was back. Then Asker never left. Either did did, uh, did J.D. make the event last night for you guys or no? He I was back. He was back. He was not at the event, right. He was, but he was blogging it. That's right. Ben, I can, I can see the tuft of hair that you have to cut right there. Oh, is it down there? Oh, yeah, that one. I cut that one because yeah. it, it goes right here and it freaking drives me crazy. Yep, yep. And, uh, All right. I got a big idea. I steam room this morning. I, I let my idea percolate. Are you guys ready for it or what? All right. I put it in the percolator. Okay. So I listened to Coach Smith's interview last night from the Southern Scuffle, 10 minute interview on none other than the full wrestling done by the great Mark Bader. Um, well, that was Kyle that Klingman, couple... but it's okay. What's up? That was Kyle Klingman, but that's okay. That wasn't Mark Bader? No. Did you listen to Are it? Are you telling me I don't know my best friend's voice? That's what I have to, unfortunately, tell you right I now. I swear to God, internet. that is Mark Bader. I mean, you can't see the person interviewing, but I was listening to the voice, and I thought, this is Mark Bader. They don't sound that similar. I'm going to have yeah. to go and listen. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Fake Friend uh, Award here. Just not. Wow. Don't know your guy. Okay. I okay, swear though. that was Mark Bader. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Wow. Bad ears. I did hear Coach Smith because the video camera was on him. <laughs> so that coupled with what we were talking about yesterday and um, everything else, Coach Smith said that we need a dictator to push an idea through. So I want to be a dictator and I want to push an idea through. Are you ready for my idea? Yes, sir. Okay. From Thanksgiving to Christmas. There are only open tournaments, no team scoring. No one needs to participate, and it would be mostly for non-starters. Um, obviously, if a team wanted to do like uh, a wrestle-off type situation in a tournament, they'd be welcome to do it. Kids can get matches if they want to, but no official tournaments, only opens. Okay? Once you get you. back from Christmas, we start an eight-week regular season where we do two duels per week. Okay? So an organized, systemized season. 
You may do these duels on a Friday, Sunday, like the Big Ten does, or you may do a tri-duel where there's three teams that meet up and they each do two duels for the day. Okay, but you are you getting two duels per week. At the end of that, at the end of that eight weeks, you have sixteen matches, uh, and then anything additional. If you if you did participate in some open tournaments, you have additional matches, right? Um, You don't. No one wants to do more than that, anyways. You talk about people not doing full tournaments, forfeiting out, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of that eight weeks. You wrestle your conference tournament, which then qualifies you for the individual national tournament, which is a week break and then the tournament, right? Okay. Okay, so we're at 11 weeks. National tournament, that's great, okay? You take a one-week break after that. You do a, again, two dual meet weekend where you do the round of 16 and the round of eight. And then the weekend after that, you have everyone, or the, well, it's not everyone, final four, which is everyone, final four, meet in a singular location and you do either a Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday or something, right? Two duels that weekend to determine the national cha- dual national champion. How do you feel about this? That is some fantastic percolating you did. I think it's great. Um, I would love that. I One question. So no, basically they're, you're eliminating all tournaments. Yeah, so if they want I mean, if they want to do, and you really think about it, the tournaments kind of suck now. Midlands was not deep. Scuffle was not deep. Uh, Vegas was the one really good tournament. And then yeah. besides that, a lot of these teams are doing these smaller, smaller type tournaments. Um, and everyone is saying too many, too many matches too long. Right. And so for the majority of teams, that season that I just laid out is 11 weeks. That's it. And because obviously there's only be 16 teams that make the further playoff. Um, yes, you'll have some matches prior to that for your, you know, your red shirting guys or your non-starters. Um, but, you know, I think one of the other things is people struggle. I was texting with someone else today, and they 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 wanted to make kind of a system. And it's like, well, you can't have a system because there's no structure. So they wanted a point system. But how do you have a point system when there's no structure in place, right? Because people are doing everything. Some people are doing three tournaments. Some people are doing no tournaments. So there's so we need a structure because then you could also create like a fantasy league, you know, where people are into it. You could create habits where people know every Sunday they're watching freaking NFL football. I don't watch it, but people do that, right? So if you know every – Friday and Saturday or Saturday, whatever, Saturday and Sunday that the wrestling's on at this time. You create habits. Habits are good. Dual meets are, and this is what Coach Miller said about. And he's so right. Um, and I love it. I'm freaking hardcore. I'll sit at the damn NCAA tournament and watch 14 hours if I had to. I, I love it. But no, no one but the hardcores watch that. They really don't. And then he was saying, well, what if, you know, what if there's a not uh, a non-hardcore fan that just wants to watch Keegan O'Toole or Rocky Elam? Well, what time do I tell them to tune in? I don't freaking know. I can make kind of a guess, but it's kind of a wide time window. You know what? They're going to wrestle first session. Keegan O'Toole probably wrestle, we'll say, from two from one hour and 45 minutes to two hours and 30 minutes after the start of the session. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not sure. So if we create a systemized thing that people can watch, um, everyone's got 16 matches. And then, I mean, that should be enough to see the conference tournaments because you could wrestle all your conference opponents within the 16 matches plus a few others. Yeah, I see no issues with it, Ben. Yes, like let's conf- do it. College like coaches, conference tools, you listen though. to me. Appoint oh, yeah. me in charge okay, of the board. I'll I'll make- yeah, yeah. Wait, you just ruined What's a that? lot of stuff for us. There's What about oh, non-conference God. duels? I said, you. I mean, there's 16 duels. So, I mean, even the Big even the Big 12, Big 10, if they wrestle all teams, it's only 13. Okay. They don't have to. They don't do it right now. They could do it. What they do? Ten or eleven? Mm-hmm. And then there's five out of conference. That's fine. There you go. Then we get most conferences are smaller. 
Okay. Right. Most most conferences are smaller. They'll right. have like seven seven in conference duels, and then they'd have to get together with some out of conference duels. You know, say like the Pac twelve, for example. They don't only have five, so they're gonna have to go find some other ones. Okay. All right, yeah. so we're doing it. We're pushing it through. This is a new flow wrestling backed uh, idea for a college Initiative. season. Yeah, this is our official stance moving forward. All right, what um what what other flaws am I missing here? Because I think I think I covered all the bases. So I think I covered organized and systematized, so we could do fantasy leagues. People know when to expect things. I think I covered. Uh, we have we keep the national championship as it is. Everyone loves that. We add a dual national championship that has a structure that. We made the season shorter, which everyone wants that to happen. We still provide the open tournaments and matches for people before. And it, it doesn't go as early, right? You can't start till after Thanksgiving, which is great because it, it is, I mean, the fact that they start, some people start November 1st and they don't end till nearly April is, that one is ridiculous. I always thought, and I, like I said, I love wrestling and I, and I would wrestle a lot uh, if I got the opportunity, but starting like November 1 was like, why, why are we doing that? Yeah, it's early. It's a long season. It's tough. I know some some teams approach the beginning of the season very very differently as a result because of how long it is. They um, should. Yeah, yeah. Some do, some don't. Some come out of the gates ready to go, and um, can be tough to maintain that from November to March. Yeah, I, I no, I don't see I don't see a lot of holes in it right now. I I also don't. Uh, I know you're a dreamer. Um, then, uh, I am both a dreamer and a doer, and that's that's uh because uh you know like I dream this thing at AWA and I'm making it happen. Yeah, so but that's something you can single. Uh, I know I need to figure out a way to be in charge of this damn committee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's putting me in charge? Who's putting Ben in charge? That's the that's the question. So no o- open tournaments for guys the second half. No last um, chance open. I That's think that could be, be like. Uh, so obviously, my proposal kind of only covers Division One because it's not Division Two and Division Three. So I think you probably have some of those still. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I think you could still have them, but it would be like it's one of those things where I think people would just focus on just the duels, and then because there would be not a lot of big names and probably only non-starters and red shirts going to those things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they could still be there. People just could wouldn't starters all them still go to the tournaments in the first part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they can. But it's it's up. So I what I mean. I, I mean said, that's basically open, what we so do now. Well, it, it's a little bit, but there's no team score, right? So there's no like we need everyone to go and and then the fans teams the don't fans care about really, te- team titles now. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Maybe Vegas. I mean, about the, that's about it. Vegas. They don't. They don't care. At Vegas, people are caring, and they yeah, want Vegas. they want their guys entered. So, um, well, you have to. You, well, you I only mean, get one entry. <laughs> yeah, even then, I, a lot I mean, of times yeah. they don't send their top guys if a guy's hurt or sort of hurt or not feeling it or whatever. Yeah, but, so I think rest. if people would, uh, I think a lot of like regular fans maybe wouldn't pay as much attention to that portion of the season because it's like, well, here's some not non-starters, and then right, honestly, if I'm the coach. I I would probably send all my guys to like one of those tournaments and that's it. You know, probably maybe like mid December, we go to one tournament and then we, you know, take a little break, get ready for our dual season and, and roll. You're going to get 25 matches still. I mean, 16 duels, right? 16 duels plus conference plus nationals. That's going to be like 25. I, I, I don't see how it's that much different other than the. Because you're, you're organizing. Team you're, title. So what I'm taking is not that much different. 
you're organizing it. You're organizing it in really nice fashion, right? Now it's all over the place. And then you're creating a, a dual national title, which uh, that's about the biggest part, right? Um, and that's it, right? Organization. Organization is huge. People know what to expect. What if you just had freaking NFL football games at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday? No one knew when to expect them. I mean, it kind of happens. 3 p.m. on a Wednesday? They do them Monday, Thursday. Later in the season, they'll do them Saturday. Obviously, they do them all day Sunday. Okay, but for how many years was it only, like almost only Sundays plus one Monday? I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years. Yeah. And find out like, oh, we that. should take more days. <laughs> all right, so that's Ben's idea. We'll see what happens. Ben, give us an update in a month. See how much progress you've been able to okay. make. Um, yeah, I need to be wait. in a position of power. Who's, yep. who's going to put me there? Okay. You should try by not uh, pissing off 80% of wrestling populace from time to time. That's going to be a, that's going to You know what? I don't think help. it's that high. I think most no, college it's, wrestling it's coaches, not. I think most of them, there's probably a few that don't like me, I'm sure. They um, like you when think, uh, one of your athletes goes in the portal, which we haven't mentioned that uh, yet, but Mitchell Messenger. Well, hold on. Let's not, can we, can we just finish this thought? Oh, let's wrap this up and we can talk about okay. it. Yes. Cause yes, that is true. Totally true. Um, but uh, no, I think most of them. I think most of them like me because I. Uh, they know I'm gonna like these fans are a little biased, so they think I'm not telling the truth. But I'm just telling the truth about what I see. I admit my bias towards Missouri, and I admit my bias towards AWA. But besides that, I try to call it fair. Yes, you do. Um, okay. And uh, okay. Do you want to talk about Mitchell at all? I don't know. Do you want to talk about him? Okay. Yeah, everyone's texting me. Yes, because I have too many friends in the last two days. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, Ben, how was your holidays? I hope this t- I hope this text finds you well. <laughs> By the way, heard a little no. rumor. Most of them are um well he did an interview. So mo- most of them I just sent the interview to. So here you listen to what he says and the, you know. So he doesn't when he's not going to the portal till March because it felt like um why have all these people start calling him when there's not really a purpose? You know, when he can't like go start doing the things. Well, um, it was then maybe um, doing an interview and saying that you're transferring is not. You're trying to keep the. Well, uh, everyone's going to start asking. My, here, I mean, obviously, I advised him, right? He's going to start. Everyone's going to start asking questions. Where's he at? Why is he not on the roster? Why is he? At, why is he at AWA? He's giving me the back of some video or picture. Yeah, you know, and so it's better. It, I always find with media stuff, it's way better to just make a statement rather than uh, let people assume what's going to happen. When people yeah. start assuming, like, what happened? Oh, I heard this. I heard that. You know, it's like, nah, let's just say say what happened, and then we're done with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, so, that, makes, that makes sense, too. Yeah. Um, no, no, but so he's not going to the portal. Uh, he's going to train. He's going to do a bunch of freestyle tournaments this spring because he really, really, really likes freestyle focused on trying to win a 20 and under world championship this year. Cause he was close last year. Um, and then, yeah, obviously at some point in the spring, he'll probably, um, he'll probably do some recruiting trips and then, and then make a pick. He can, I, to my knowledge and my understanding of the rules, he can train in RTCs. So he might be going places and training RTCs, uh, in the next couple of months. Coming to an RTC near you. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So we wish, uh, we wish, Mitchell well, and we wish your phone well, as uh, many, many Division One coaches are. Most of them were really, angling. they weren't, they they didn't like fluff it up. They just yeah. said, hey, man, tell me what's up here. And I said, okay, here's what's up. 
cool. Yeah. Well, he would make a lot of teams better, that's for sure. Yes. Um, plenty of good teams need a 57 or 65, whichever he projects at. That's exciting. All right, let's talk yes. about the, the duel last night, and then we'll get into this it's weekend. Good. We got a lot to get to, um, not hypothetically, stuff that's going to happen. Cornell, Arizona State, really fun duel meet. The best match of the night, uh, without a doubt, was Mikhail McGee versus Vito Arugia. Oh, a match. Yeah. Going into it, I was, I'll admit now, I was not that <clears throat> excited about it because it was so one sided for Vito last time. I know it wasn't a bonus point win, but. You're just like, I don't know. Well, how's Mikhail going to make this up? And I'll he be darned. <laughs> I'll be darned if he wasn't right there to win this match. Um, oh, yeah, he was. And this the the key exchange, there, there were a couple. Okay. But even if he won that match, they would lose the duel. But I guess you would say that they had a chance at 41 also. Yeah. Yeah, they had a chance at 41. Can we watch some of these exchanges? They were fantastic. Uh, we can. Uh by that law. low double was like a freaking sniper. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Was it a low double? I thought it was just a like it's a, a low single. Low single. He, he caught an ankle and got the no. He caught the ankle, and got the other leg. That's low double. Watch okay. it. That was like a John Smith low single. And then oh, he goes, he goes single. He, he goes, he goes, gets catches the foot here and he catches the leg here. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Um. JD's gonna get the the. All right. You want to intro the exchange that we we're gonna talk about? Cause I freaking. Uh, I, I got a hot take, but you probably already know how I feel. So we saw, it's curious that we happened to see, or coincidental, I guess is maybe the word, we saw two rear standing, no reaction time takedowns uh. at the, uh, at the event last night. They're, it's pretty, they're pretty rare. Um, you don't, you don't see them that much. That's why when the Laird Dean sequence happened, a lot of people, Penn State fans especially were like, that's not two. There was not reaction time, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But the way the rule is, it's like good call, bad rule. And um, yes. I I've kind of felt similarly about all, all of them. That like, man, if, if you get rear standing, a guy hits a Gramby or a hand touches for a split second, it's not really a takedown in a traditional yes. sense. It's um, not. It, it ultimately was uh, a big part of the, the difference for – this match because absolutely was okay i freaking yes yes by the rules the referee called it correctly i freaking hate this rule i said it with the dean and laird that say you know i'm repeating you right good uh, can we watch that low double first Do we know what that is uh yes. i said it with you is good call bad rule i mean but yeah and this one's even worse because um you know in in the air McGee makes himself relatively perpendicular. So when they actually like come down to the mat, McGee's kind of off to the side and, and um, Vito is not even really all the way behind him. And so it, I would argue it kind of wasn't even rear standing. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I don't know how you could say it wasn't rear standing. Um, well, by the time they land, watch. Okay. We'll pause it. When they land, when they land, they're at about 90 degrees to each other. Yeah. So um, that, you know, so we're going to have really behind him. And I thought I was like, man, I know he was trying to build the lead. Um, but Vito is so good with this drag here. So this, that's where we're standing right there. And Paul's right there. Oh, oh. Did you see hand, how far he got out to the side by the time yes, he landed? Yes. He was like, um, they were basically completely perpendicular. But I think yeah. once you, once you establish that rear standing, rear standing. uh, you know, status or whatever you want yeah. to call it. I think they're going to give that that 
that takedown. Yeah, I freaking hate it. I think it's um, I mean, to me, how it makes me feel as the ref is that the the coaches think the refs are idiots because it's like you're telling yeah. me as a ref you need a mandate a takedown because you don't think that they can call what a takedown is, and that's yeah. bull. That's bull, right? Yeah. The referees are good; they're trained; they can call takedowns, and that one. In my in my in my understanding, folks on wrestling, I know I know the NCAA made a stupid rule that ain't a takedown. Same with yeah. I feel the same way with Laird, Laird and Dean. Like, no, if we're in if we're in the room, if we're rolling in the room, like, no, you you didn't take me down. Like you could you, you tried to take me down, but you didn't get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah. actually kind of lost you in my ear for a second there, Ben. You're still there. My back. Crap, my not back. Died. Can you hear him? Uh oh, JD, yes. can you hear me? Yes. Right, there we go. I got him back. This thing you got to <laughs> jiggle. These boxes are very uh, finicky. Tuck- yeah, they're finicky. Good word. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for the rule, uh, but until they change, there's a lot of rules I don't like. So that, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know the solution at this point, other than uh, other than eliminating it. It's just I don't understand the concept of different scenarios of how you get to a, a takedown determined where you are where you are before you get a takedown should not matter if it's a takedown or Correct. not right like and that that even, to me i can't i can't explain that to someone why that makes sense doesn't make any sense no, um, be, because if, there was if another, i got to that there was a, what was the other sequence there's another sequence in a dual christian where it took the referee so long to call a takedown and i thought I mean, this compared to rear standing, like he's had control for like four or five seconds, in my opinion, and the ref's still not calling a takedown. Was it the Yanni near side cradle? No, that one. That one was a little bit late. No, it was early in the duel. I don't remember which match it was. Um, yeah, but it was like he, the guy, had hit a shot, and the other guy was kind of on his side and trying to fight back in a little bit, but the guy clearly had both legs covered, and you yeah. know, it was it was obvious. Yeah, it, it's it's weird that you have to clear different thresholds to get a takedown for the same thing. That's what I don't. Yes. That's what I don't I understand. Um, so, so yeah, I like push to, this rule through, push it back out. Yeah. Push it back out. Um, let's, uh, let's regurgitate <laughs> this rule. So, okay. So if, if McGee or Vasquez flop, what you have is a 16, 15 tool, both get five wins and one bonus. One of the things I was disappointed at, and I, if I was my coach, I'd be yelling at my athletes on this one. Uh, of both teams, so they don't get mad at me. Um, I felt like the favorites from 165 to heavyweight, they were not wrestling like the duel was in the balance. So um, Ramirez gets up big, doesn't go and get the major. Yeah, right. He got up what five or six zero. Foca, mm-hmm. Foca's third period boy. Foca, Chris Foca came to my funky fresh camp, so I could talk to him like this. Chris Foca. You get your ass in gear and wrestle that damn third period. You got to get one takedown to tech him. Like, freaking get it done, dude. Like, that was unacceptable. Well, he now he more sat than one there in that down. chest wrap for the last 35 seconds. He like, also pinned on, him man. multiple times. Yeah, he did pin him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen, the ref didn't call the pin. You got to get the tech fall, dude. Like, you sat that chest wrap for 35 seconds not trying. That was unacceptable. That is not – that's accept- not acceptable. Freaking get it done. I, I- – Sort of noticed that too. Um, there were, yeah. and I sort of alluded to like, man, a lot of fast starts, um, but there wasn't a lot. Like but even Talbo got up six zero and then gassed out. He yeah, totally gassed out. Um, I thought the fifty seven match, the McClanahan kid gets that first takedown. All all kinds of energy yeah. looks great, but then never really got back to it. 
Same thing with Ramirez. Um, seemed like he had a real advantage there against Negron. Uh, then but then, uh, okay, so then Cardenas also kind of double leg in the like, first five seconds. Yeah, and then just happy to ride almost the entire third period and win win by four. Like I don't know, you're way better than that dude. You could probably go take him down a few more times at least. And then Schultz versus Fernandez. Um, that that rep was happy to to start hitting some. You only need two more stalls and you get a uh, DQ. a DQ. Yeah, like push his ass out of bounds. Some more, yeah. the ref's gonna call it. Like, what are we waiting for here, Colton? Someone who definitely was trying to score for seven minutes was Brandon Courtney. I thought he looked yes, fan freaking tastic. He was, and it, a major wasn't really a, a reality in that two more in that third period. But he was still wrestling. He just wanted to get another takedown. Um, yeah, that, that last sequence where he tried jumping over him was pretty sick. Yeah, like re- he was wrestling like he was losing in that third period. It was, it was. Yes, you got to be encouraged, and you have to assume he's going to be the guy for Arizona State moving moving forward. Um, they have a comparison now between. With the Unger match for both of them, I, I think Courtney just looked really, really good there. Um, so I predict him to be the guy for, for Arizona State. Um, yeah, and then 33, definitely match of the night, performance of the night. Mik- Mikhail McGee, I think, uh, made a lot of fans last night, too. Um, everyone's yes. like, that guy is so good. I, I don't know if we can pull his first takedown in, but it was lightning. You know, Vito does this weird, like, smell my hand thing with his right hand. I don't. Smell my uh, hand? That's what I call it. I don't know what it is. It's this weird thing. You see, right? It's not this. Yeah, it, it, it kind of dangles it out there a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I think he cut, sort of timed that right mm-hmm. and then just darted, I, I didn't, I didn't, darted I didn't, I didn't right in. Smell my hand. You know who timed something really well? It was actually Alira. I meant to bring this up yesterday. Alira's in the finals. Hard yeah. did a quick, he, he went to do this with his headgear and freaking. Alirius hit him with that double. The last takedown. Do you guys remember that? No, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was, it was Hartwood to fix his head. Again. As soon as he his hands went up, Alirius fired in and scored a takedown. Dang. Yeah, that's it was good, very good timing. All right, we're about to pull in that uh, that opening. That first double? Yeah, first takedown. We're single? Yeah. We're not sure. We're, I could have sworn uh, it was just a John Smith low single, but I mean... Now you well, got... he goes single first and then finishes with double. I was no, go, he, but watch, he left hand goes to the leg and then right hand goes to the. Ben's gonna I know, but Ben's gonna be. We right always here. called that uh, low Freeze single, it. but taking out the trash for the finish. That's what we always called yeah, it. Yeah, this is trash compactor. Oh, All right, right keep, keep her keep her rolling. I got a move called the trash compactor. It's really good. That's, yeah, see, right I, there, boom. Yeah, I call. That I call that a low single. single. Yeah, low single. And that's just how John Smith shows it on how low you can go. He should. Yeah, but you how go here. Head head crashes at the knee and you double. But high. when you can pause it and he only has one foot and then the the, the right <coughs> hand the other, is at his arm. waist. But when the right hand is at his waist, I call that a single and then you finish to the double. Yeah, yeah. So the low double is becoming relatively popular because it's very difficult to scramble against. So guys are actually, I think guys are finally now starting to get good at what John Smith proposed that they should get good at many years ago. And so I guess in our room. We call that a low double because you know you're capturing both legs as you shoot, and a low single is when you you, you know fire to one leg and get one leg, and then you have to. It generally ends up in a drape position, and then you lift middle, and then you got to finish the drape. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. That just I, I see. Exactly I see what how... you guys are saying here for sure. Yeah. But no, we we do a lot of low doubles because I think uh, I think low doubles are going to they are getting popular. I think they're going to even get more popular. Sounds like up. you do a lot of low singles too. We actually don't. Low single sucks because it's too easy to defend. Really? I advise, I advise against it. 
if you have to, if you're desperate, you can't get to his legs any other way, then maybe maybe make it happen. But if you don't have to be on a little single, don't be on a little single. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next. Um... Oh, who was wait? No, no. There was another match. Okay, someone just says in the chat. What was the other match where someone was pinned quick? Um. Oh. It was where he came out the back and kind of sat on him for a second. What the heck match well, was, was Schultz, that? Sh- um. Nah, not that. Not the, uh, that. That one was where he, um, where he, uh, like beach wailed him for a second. Yeah, where he reached back. Yeah. yeah, not that one. There's another one where he came through. The, oh, it was it was Foca, I think. Montalvo not had Hatcher on not his on back and the headlock for a bit. No, I think it was Foca. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't think there was a pin there. Um, I did think. Um, what was it? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, maybe I'm thinking the wrong match. Anyways, let's keep it moving. Yes, yes. And then Yanni comes out uh, in a aggressive third period and widens the gap after a scoreless first period. And then um, I think it was the second when he got the takedown against Parco. And then third yep. period, he, he looked really good. Yes. Anything to add there? Uh, I got nothing. No, Parko was, I mean, moving in the first period. I mean, I probably wouldn't have advised shooting ahead and said single on Yanni. That was relatively predictable that he was going to get scored on there. Um, and then I think it was all downhill after that. Yeah. Okay, so congrats to mm-hmm. Cornell. Good win. They matched up well against Arizona State. And uh, I thought Arizona State made it a little more competitive than than I expected. Yeah. Um, Winning fifty seven was huge for them. I will tell you, um, obviously I was in I was in Austin for that NWC All Star Clinic. It and it was the same venue. It felt way cooler that there was teams and they were, the team was kind of getting loud for their guys. That felt way better than the All Star because the All Star obviously didn't have teams and there was not a huge crowd, so no one was really getting loud. Gotcha. Um What do you think? I mean, how'd you feel? You were actually there. As a fan, that's what I felt. Crowd, crowd was awesome. I mean, just having having the it wasn't a big number, but just having the teams there, having a a, a group of fans. Because like con- contrast that with the All Star, where which you were also at. It's like it's a bunch of individuals, and all you basically had in the crowd were were nervous parents, parents and not like a fan base that you could uh, like yeah. get excited behind. So it it was just that difference of having the teams made it. Uh, made a huge difference, I thought, for the broadcast. It was, it was exciting, and um, yeah, definitely can't can't wait for next week's uh, Oregon State versus Princeton match either. Wait, you guys have another match in Austin? Yeah. What is this becoming yeah. a regular thing? Well, it, this will this is our last one of this season, but yeah, we we hope so. That's why mm. we've turned this uh, building into a, an event center. Okay, Very not cool. our not our not our office. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I, uh, I, I'm actually not going to be there. I'm going to be gone um, for that duel, but still going to happen. Okay. going to be awesome. Okay, let's get to the, the, this weekend because this weekend is going to be uh, really, really fun. Starting, um, well, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Because we've got Iowa and Penn State are both in action, not against each other. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to have a, a lot I, of duels. I think Penn State Wisconsin's a fun duel. Uh, I know there's some athletes going to that. Um, and then, but Cornell Virginia Tech—that's a good duel too. That should be hit some really good matches. That's probably the best duel. Shout out to Cornell hitting Arizona State and Virginia Tech. Uh, Arizona State goes to uh, Iowa State. Iowa State, State. too. That's they a good both duel uh, too. short turnaround, tough turnaround. Yes, tough turnaround. Two really good teams that they're going to be taking on. Um, Virginia Tech's obviously a really, really tough matchup. 
for for pretty much anyone. And this this could be a great duel. A couple we have a couple pickums here. I don't know if we want to go through those right now. Yeah, yeah these are, let's do it. I'm so ready. I'm gonna school you guys again. These it. are not live on the website <laughs> yet. Um, but if you're listening to this on Friday, they probably will be. Okay. But sorry to all the people that listen live. Check back into the website. Sorry, live listeners. Jeez. JD JD Over. just completed a two week road trip. He drove from Nebraska to Austin yesterday. It is true. What a beast. And then live blogged. <laughs> and then he people were saying it couldn't be done, but many people were saying. Few could. Even some of the higher ups said I know. JD can't pull it off. And look at them now. Look at them Who's now. Who's laughing now? So uh, much egg. Covered in eggs. Okay. Do you want to tee up these uh these lines? Do we want well, do we want to go chronological? Do we want to talk about uh the maybe the bigger duels first and then get back to some I don't of these? give a rip. All right, let's uh we'll do a chronological. Okay. So that's uh what I have here in the dock. Um we'll start off with Friday. Binghamton's going to NC State. Oh wow. This is the Pat Papalizio That's right. reunion tour. <laughs> and I'm not sure if this match will happen, but if it does, it'll be the marquee matchup of the duel. Isaac Trumbull versus Lou Dupre. Dupre did get hurt at Scuffle, which is why I'm skeptical this will happen. But if it does, I set the line at Trumbull, a point and a half. Yeah, I, I think it was at, if I had to guess, I think it was an ankle with Dupre, but I don't know for sure. Um, hopefully he's back. Trumbull, point and a half favorite. This is, Dupre looked really good until he got injured. I'll, I'll take Trumbull to cover this here. Does it change your mind if I say Dupre majored him last yeah. season? Yeah. That nah, does. I'm calling Trumbull yeah. also. What say you, James? Trumbull. Coming off an injury. Yeah. yeah. Makes me nervous. Yeah. Trumbull's that- generally hard to like beat up that bad. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess Max Dean did it. But he can be he can be it can happen if if it's a bad neutral matchup is when you typically see it. Yeah. When the guy's kind of dynamic. Yes. Mm-hmm. See he, he he can slow it down and when he can slow it down and work his counter sequences and stuff like that, he's he's pretty tough to beat. Uh, okay, so we don't know if that match will happen, but that would be a good one. Uh, then moving on, Cornell, Virginia Tech. He's got three matches here listed. Go ahead, J.D. First one, 33, Vito versus Sam Latona. The line, Vito, minus five and a half. All right, Latona, I looked at this. All day. Too much. Too much. Too much. It's too rich. Too rich, yes. J.D. You know, he's, yeah. he's matured him, and he's beaten him by five, I think. I know, but... Um, yeah, Vito's had some close matches this year, and that was at 25. This is 33. Latona's looked He beat Latona by five this season. He beat him by five this year. But I, if you watch that match, it was literally a one-move sequence that happened. That's that, all it takes. That, that, that is all it takes. <laughs> but the replicability of that um, is down. I think the more the more you wrestle someone, it, favor, it, does, it favors the, uh, the underdog, I believe, typically. So... I think Latona can make some do some things and avoid losing that bad. I think I think he keeps it within five and a half. And but, you can also and yeah, so you should have to take Vito for. Too, uh, I am taking points. Latona. See, see, he knows he set, he just sets up the line so now he can uh, 
he can just be right. Because <laughs> he, he was getting a lot wrong before before Christmas. Yeah, now he's just making them so easy. He's just going to nail them. Mm-hmm. I see what he's doing. All right, Yanni versus Caleb Henson. He says four and a half point favorite for Yanni. What do you think? Mm. That's right. Man, right Yanni's been wrestling a lot of close matches, so I don't really like that. Here's the thing. It's yeah, I mean, if you watch Parco, uh, Yanni, it was not a lot of... Par- Parco wasn't really pushing to score a lot of the time. No, and of course not. Of course not. You say, of course not, but do you think that that's a tactic Caleb Henson will implement? Because now I'm be not smart. Gonna, <laughs> if he's smart, <laughs> if he's smart, yes. Um, but uh, he might go after him. He might go after yeah. Yanni. He might just shoot uh, and shoot. Um, and shoot. He did against uh, Sasso. We said you should not shoot against Sammy Sasso, Caleb Henson. And he just shot the whole time. There was One. a lot of pushing in that match too, which was the, in my opinion, the right tactic. Yeah, he. I thought he attacked a decent amount too, though. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going Yanni. Yanni. Four and a half. I mean, he beat Parco by six, but that's because he, he had to go. Uh, what the heck? Give me Caleb to cover this. I just want to be it different is. from you guys too. Christian loves Virginia Tech a lot. That's never. I love I've how never you just tried. That. I love what you did. You just tried talking me into picking Yanni, and then you went the opposite way. Yes, that's one of my go-to <laughs> moves. One of my go-tos. Yeah, you know what? I, I looked. Well, I looked at the score from last night, and uh, you know, in my head, oh, that was a really competitive match. And then I looked at the score from last night. I'm like, well, he would have covered by a point and a half. Yep, he won by six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's do that. He very well may. Um Mikai Lewis, Chris Foca. This was a one point match at CKLV. JD yes. says point and a half for Mackay as the favorite. This is this is Is tough. it a one point match? Yeah, that's basically what you have to ask. Will I'm Mackay win yes. by one? You're you're gonna point. try to thread the needle. Mackay wins by one. There's basically one scenario. Only one scenario, yes. That's the weird thing. But it it's a highly likely scenario. Because even if it's like tied, he's gonna if win it's tied, by they one. go to overtime and he wins by two. I know. Wait, you do. Uh, that is still true. You mention that about every week. The sudden victory Because it's scenario. annoying. Which is why I'm going with Makai. You're going with Makai. Makai by one. This is so one. tough because wow. I feel in my, in my very soul he's going to win by one point. But it's the value. That is, such a, <laughs> that is such a threading of the needle. Yeah, um, I agree. Let's go. Let's go, Makai. Golly, Ned. I mean, are we are we given any? Are we not considering Foca enough as as a, that he could possibly win this match? It feels like we're not giving it enough um, weight to that possibility. Foca could definitely win. I mean, I, I think it's unlikely. I don't think the possibility is huge, but it's possible. Man. Mm. I mean, we did see Mikai lose to Labs this year. We did see that. Fo- I mean, Foco was right there to beat him. Um, that that was a really close match at mm-hmm. Vegas. He can't remember if he like. Oh yeah, he almost had the takedown, and then Mikai did this the beast thing he does where he's rolled him through. I think off a double or something. Um, well, that was the Mako match that I sent you. Well, no, he did it. He did it to Foca too. It's just something he really? does. Really? Yeah. That. 
Um, yeah, he curls, he curls up as he goes back and slides under. You know what it actually is, Christian? What is uh, it? Because I caught myself doing this. It's a jujitsu tactic. So Makai maybe yeah. has been training since jujitsu. Because in jujitsu, if you have an, you know, they're on this side of your body, kind of like in a half guard Turk wrestling Turk position, you would bump and you would swim, swim the underhook, you know, and mm-hmm. then you could start scooting, scooting behind them. Uh, that's and you hit the double, and as you're going down, you slide underneath it. That's kind of yeah. what he does. You know who else is training jujitsu? Mr. Fast Uh-oh. Twitch. Mr. Fast Twitch got a same name, new sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine him going into one of those gyms? He's just gonna like Pearl. blast double somebody yeah, and kill them. Yeah. I, I well, it's got to be at a, it's got to be at a fight gym, right? Not like an actual jiu-jitsu. Oh, he's gym. wearing a gi. Oh, gi. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to find the sequence. I have bad news. What? I have just been informed that Makai was not listed on the probables. No. For the Then I definitely Jeez. have uh, Makai winning. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find this. Sequence. What are you from? Um, yeah, double leg. Here we go. Yeah, he just rolls them through. Yeah, this is pretty savage. And he ends up scoring. JD, you describe it. You're good at wrestling. So it's a focus double in leg. on a double. He, it's just a chest wrap and he backwards somersaults through him. Focus yeah, oh. blue through him and he chest wraps That's him through. That's not very exciting. That's Dang, a Josh I, Wagner special. That hurts uh, Virginia Tech. Obviously. Yeah. Because Folk is a bonus point threat uh, for Virginia Tech's backup. I'm not sure who it'll be, but that's trouble for Virginia Tech. Hope Makai is healthy. Here comes trouble. Hey, and so let me uh, let me get this rule right. Um, is in second semester, true freshmen cannot wrestle in the, the five-match thing, right? Yes, it was they only can. first semester? Yes, they can. The first, they can the, wrestle. The first semester was only for... Uh, they couldn't compete unattached uh, yes. in a tournament. Got it. Okay, they couldn't compete unattached. So this semester they can compete unattached. Yes. Um and they but so the five match count is for the entirety of the season. Yes, it is. Okay. And that's why uh like you and I pl- plans to use Vol- Volker more. They they've been saving his duels for for the Got second it. half. So there is an official line that you can actually bet um what? on it. On Betfred All Sports, it's in a couple states. I know it's in Iowa, Colorado. Betfred. Bet this sounds um, like a good way to lose your money. They they set the dual line <laughs> at Cornell minus five and a half. Okay. So after hearing that, you might you might want to hit Cornell. Yell Cornell even. Some would say. Well, wait. They're already favored by five and a half points. Okay. Well, that's without going through it. If Foka picks up bonus. 25. Uh, Virginia Tech can win 25. 41's going to be tough against Cornella. Um, Cornella, Cornella, Cornella looks really, uh, I don't want to say maybe better than I expected last night. I thought that match was going to be really close. He him kicks, well. but he's he's pretty impressive. Um, Cornella. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think yeah. He's good. Um, well, I feel like he had one. But I also bad. think Vasquez is very variable. Like, He'll have matches. That's he looks true. good. He literally beat Alan Hart this year, but then yeah. he can get like kind of bodied sometimes too. Oh, okay. So I, there was two that uh, on Cornella. The the loss to Phileas. 
he lost by four there, and then he lost to Lockham McNeil. And that was when I was kind of like starting to like, eh, is he really that good? And you know, I know he beat some other guys, but that kind of made me question it. Yeah, his best win is Zargo, I think, this year. Well, Zargo's uh, having a rough go. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So I mean, on, on WrestleStat, they have Coderhant uh, from Navy and Vasquez uh, both ranked higher than Zargo. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So thinking about that duel. I mean, Tech can win 25, 41, 57. They'll probably be favored even with uh, – even if Andonian's out, Allray would probably – Oh, yeah. For sure. Andonian was also not favored. listed. And... Allray's going to beat uh, McClanahan, Absolutely. I would say. 65. Um, who would That's it a be? close match because what's it McCall has wrestled uh, – he wrestled Keegan pretty tough, and then he went to overtime with Be- uh, Griffith. Yeah. Connor so, Brady. So Ramirez Brady, Brady is winnable yes. for Tech. 74, they're not going to win now. 84, they're going to win. Um, because I don't think Lowe's gonna be back. Ninety seven, couple of goats. Got Andy Smith, <laughs> Jacob Cardenas, that's good that's winnable. Then heavyweight, um, Fernandez Batka. I think Tech uh Tech can win. I it, it is uphill, especially without Mackay. Yes. But it, it's winnable. It's in the I think margins. it's very tough. I think very tough. You you just have a hard time saying that Cornell's uh I said it's uphill. Favorite. It's uphill. Okay, so minus it's, five it's and a half. Very steeply uphill. Okay. This I is mean, a steep hill. This is not like a slope. You're from steep. you're from the Midwest. You don't know what a steep hill is. You don't even yeah, I got hold hold number uh, ten back there. Very steep. Get your heart rate up just walking it. <laughs> Maybe yours, Ben. Cornell uh, minus five and a half. Where are you putting your money? Cornell minus five and a half. I mean, I I just um, contractually obligated. Uh, I'm take, going Cornell for take, sure. Take, I'd go. Cornell. You think for sure they're going to win by six or more With, points without Makai? Yes, because I th- I think they're okay. I think they're going to win. Cornell's going to win thirty three. They're going to win forty nine. They're going to win seventy four. Um, they're going to win ninety seven heavyweight. Those that's five. Yeah. Okay. And then I think they have a decent chance at some of those other weights. I think they're probably favored at sixty five. Yes, I think. Um, I think they have a decent twenty-five, uh, a decent maybe good chance at both twenty-five and forty-one. So they they could win six to eight matches. I think probably say if I said the number of wins, the over under would probably be like six and a half. Okay. I think Connor. I mean, if Connor Brady were to get an upset, it would be a kind of a big upset, and that would be the one that could kind of tip it. But Cornell could still, or I guess should still win. Also, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's tough. Can't discount hokey magic. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. It's a real thing, Ben. Okay, Illinois at and Iowa. And Virginia Tech. Yeah, in the Moss Arts Center. For all you I've fascians. actually never been to Blacksburg. That's We were talking about this the other day. I, yes. I've been to almost like, I would say, a high majority of the good wrestling programs. I've been to their college camps. Never, never been to Virginia Tech. It's beautiful. It's awesome, for sure. Very nice. Very nice campus. Um. Hopefully an AWA guy will will make its way make his way to Virginia Tech at some point. You never know. I, I like him. I like what they're doing. Okay. Uh, so Iowa is going to be wrestling Illinois Friday, Purdue on Sunday. So Spencer watch there. He could have. Uh, he was the only one twenty five listed on the probable. Oh, he going, going for real. Uh, and in the press, they had the media day yesterday, and he. There wasn't any, um, you know, didn't seem like there was any question that he was going to be wrestling. So Questions at 33 still. Yeah, so Teske is listed along with Shriver. 
our pre-show prediction was um, Shriver against Illinois, Teske against Purdue. Yeah, so use Teske mm. not against Lucas Bird for your first match back in a while. That would be my prediction, but we'll see what they do. Um, the Can team... Matt Ramos keep it under bonus? Well, that brings us to uh, – well, we'll skip ahead here, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, Spencer Lee, a 10.5-point favorite, says James Dean Raider against Matt Ramos. What say you, Ben? Mm. Oh, man. You Ramos kind of goes to his back. He can. He's kind of, a, a, he's kind of a, a a swashbuckler. Swashbuckler. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Um, a risk taker. You know, I'm going was a good Spencer against Spencer because he is so dynamic early. Pitching any kind of ran from him a little bit. Kind of wasn't a bad strategy. Oh, uh, what do you think? Yeah, but do you think he would do that? Would Ramos do it? No, I don't think so. But yeah, it's kind but... of a good strategy. Yeah. Kind of like run away, just dance, move, don't don't make contact, try to stay on the outside and do that for uh, 90 seconds, two minutes, something like that before you actually wrestle him. Yeah. And then, and, you know, if you, if you can kind of stay away from him, maybe take a stall warning or a stall call. And then if you do go underneath, you're only going, under, going underneath with, say, 30 to 45 seconds left in that period. Like, I know it's also hard to execute because Pitch Denny had really good footwork and movement. And I know not a lot of other people can do that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel uh, like... You you would okay. So, what's the most? And knowing that Spencer's not going to be the, he's not like a, a run you out of bounds type of earn stall calls. It's just like activity. Yeah. Man, could, could even if you were down two zero on like four stall or three stall calls, whatever. Yeah, going down two zero to Spencer, going to the second, that's a win. I've been advocating for that for a while. She's like, you just need <laughs> why are just don't touch him. Don't let him touch you. Yes. And and the thing is, in the first like forty five to sixty seconds, the they're they're unlikely to call a stall stalling that early on, right? Um, you just don't see it very often unless it's a push out stall. The refs have this yeah. like internal clock where they're not going to hit someone for you're stalling that right it's, away. It's got to be really really egregious. So even if it's two zero three zero and you just stalled your 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 tail off, I'm not saying it's like the most admirable way to wrestle but if the point is winning the match and you, well, you can't you can't be down 12 zero bonus also not giving yeah. a bonus yeah i mean huge to, to not be down you know 12 zero which is like spencer's typical score going into yep. the second period is about that it's probably about eight to 12 yep. points um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets all. Now, you could run into a scenario. You could get DQ'd from the match if you give up a lot of early stalls and then you got four more minutes with this savage Spencer Lee. But I think it's not the worst tactic. It's definitely one, yeah, one to it's, consider. It's, definitely, it's actually one of the better tactics. I mean, look at the other tactics people try. Wrestling no doesn't else, go very well. Yeah, they, they normally do not. Um, now, I don't know how, how much... Uh, this is a this could be a classic easier said than done, because um, you you can't you can't turn your back and literally run away from him. Um, That's what could. I'm saying. The amount of people who can actually like uh, you know shake and move uh, and, and not look ridiculous in doing it in order to stay away from him is not all that many. You know, Courtney actually moves really well for a 25 pounder. Oh, yeah. uh, Pitching he moved really well, but there's not a ton of them who have that great of movement. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was thinking, hey, you think I'm crazy? I was thinking, can Barnett wrestle uh, Spencer close? Because, I, I mean, the one thing I was thinking is, is Barnett's really strong and good on the mat. Like, would he be strong enough to, say, not give up his wrists? Even if he did, no. even if he got taken out early, like, like no. force. I, hold on. Like, <laughs> go straight up part. Just give up some stall calls. Go part here. Yeah. Keep your wrist away from him. Because that was what people would do against Robles. I think there's some similarities, Robles and Spencer, with how powerful they are. Yeah. Like, the guys who had success against Robles were, were strong, and they would, like, keep their wrists away. Yeah. I mean, Patrick McKee scored 11 points on him. Uh, Suriano put up 12. But, so, no, but it, I'm saying he goes out there with a very specific and disciplined oh, could strategy. He, oh, you're just saying, could he do this Is strategy? he strong is enough, he the best powerful enough to implement, implement this strategy? I don't know. I feel like it needs to be a, a really quick athlete um, to do it. Yes. Uh, cool, quick, quick. No, so I think powerful. Powerful. Yeah, yeah I think Barnett oh, is the powerful. bottom thing. The bottom thing. Okay. Like, he gets taken down, and he just goes, like, not, not totally flat, but, like, kind of, like, you know, like, because Spencer's going to rip his arm back this way, or he could go this way with it also, you know? Um so you have to kind of keep that balance, almost like a freestyle type thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Robles um, bottom tactics were, it was the most egregious. Like, they, it was so funny. Yeah. Guys just, like, grabbing their hands Locking out front. Yes. Uh, it was pretty funny. The most Wait. annoying was, <laughs> the most annoying one of all the tactics people used against Anthony was, um, well, rear standing is called stalling, but dudes would stand up, and he he only had one leg, obviously, right? So he couldn't lift and return, and they would just do this. Their hands up in the yeah. air, so he couldn't get them, and he couldn't lift and return them. So, you know, he, he did develop, like, what kind of pulled him back, but it was like, okay, there's someone stalling here, and I'm going to tell you it ain't Anthony Robles. It's probably the dude doing this. That's who's stalling. It's, it's a genius maneuver. You got This is that but classic, they would you got to do what you got to do. It was so annoying that they would call Anthony because it's like, no, no, no. The other guy, the other guy's doing this, which is very clearly stalling. He does not want to wrestle. He just wants to stand here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he, oh he presented a, a lot of challenges for guys. So, yeah, I don't know. Writing up the perfect gameplay. Who is the If, if Glory's out of the picture, which I don't know if he is or not. Who There's is? None of these dudes, who probably. is? I know. I know. Who's Probably the best? Barnett's the best. Barnett or Courtney? Man. Yeah, I feel like it's probably Courtney, although I think he – I mean, how bad did he lose um, to the kneeless Spencer Lee? Pretty bad. I don't know if he got majored. Uh, hold on, I'll find He it. did not. I thought seven, it was seven, uh, seven oh. Yeah, 7-0. So he got 7-0 without – when he didn't have knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that man, it's just, yeah, I don't even know. It's hard to even, like, fabricate a scenario. Yeah. But you never right, know. so who are you picking? You picking... I went uh, Spencer. I'm going Spencer. Because, I, I mean, he might just bin him, you know? That's an option, too. Be a chance. I'll go Spencer as well. Yeah. And, you know, Ra- Ramos, he had a great performance at the scuffle, but... Certain put him on his back, I think. Yeah. Even in that. No, he didn't. No, Ramos got a 4 0, a takedown and a tilt. And then certain, you know, kind of came back on him. I believe he got an escape in the first period reversal and a ride out in the second period and then couldn't get the takedown in the third, if I remember. Yeah. I need to. I thought there was one. Ramos was 
Actually, that's another one. Ramos was really unimpressive on bottom against certain like, and he chose neutral because he didn't want to be on bottom again. So yeah, yeah Ramos probably get killed. Yeah, that's a it's it's a it's gonna be a tough one. Okay, so we talked about that match. We didn't talk about Iowa Illinois. That's how we got there. That's how we got there. <laughs> I love rewinding the tape. Hey, and whatever we... happened to Justin Cardani? Does he not wrestle anymore? He hasn't this season. I think he's redshirting, maybe injured. Okay. Like he was okay. He's 0 and 0. Uh he was 12 and 11 last year. Qualified for for Nashville. And remember he was tough. He was tough in that in that uh Corona year, but he went like 2 and 9 cuz he was 3 and 9, yeah. Good. Oh, something terrible. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> Seriously. Uh Yeah, wasn't able to qualify for NCAA. That was man, they I know it was like a unique thing, but it's still like one of the dumbest decisions in wrestling history to to use the uh qualifier allotments based on the previous year's performance when there were the entire ivy leagues didn't have wrestling so the eiwa just got in all these dudes meanwhile justin cardani wrestles in the big 10 and he just uh it's it's a harder life that's for sure so at the this signature match at illinois at iowa is bronigal versus kennedy yeah. Uh, you have it says a pick'em, does James Dean. That's, I think that's fair. Ronaldo wrestling really good. He really is. Uh he's ranked eleventh, Kennedy seventeenth. This is a big opportunity for, for Kennedy. Um Yeah, they said he got tired in his soldier salute match. I haven't got uh been able to watch it. I was midlensing. Um, that. I'm gonna go Braunagle because Braunagle looked. He really impressed me at um, Midlands. Hall. He looked good against Peyton Hall. He looked good. He lost, but looked good against Quincy Monday. Um, he he had a rough year last year, but I'm gonna go with Danny Braunagle. I don't hate it, but I'm gonna go Kennedy. Um, I am too. I think. Bring home it. factor. Another, is... another win for me, baby. We'll see. We will see. The other Bronigo match would be uh, pretty fun, too, with Jacob Warner. Yeah. He's having a good year. Some Illinois guys. Also beat Justin boys. McCoy in Midlands, 10-4. to 4. You guys getting a little nervous? Hope you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just want a little – I need some differential to, to make up the gap. And I don't, I don't feel terribly strong, but I feel strong enough to go against you. Yeah. Okay. Penn State-Wisconsin. This is a fun duel. Um, this should be a fun duel. Austin Gomez versus Shane Van Ness. James says this is a point and a half favorite for one Austin Gomez. Did I give Shane Van Ness too much respect? I know you're going to say no. You can't respect this man enough. <laughs> That's, I knew what you were going to say. Ben, a point and a half. What do you think? Oh, that's... Um, it's gonna Two and a half feels like too much. I, yeah, I feel like uh, so. You know, I was thinking these like these one one and a half point lines feel like too. Um, it feels like it's like it almost feels more fair to sometimes go to a pick 'em type scenario because. Um, Who would yeah, pick they, Shane they, Van Ness in a pick 'em scenario? No one, but that's I, th- I think you should go okay, two and a half. Okay, that's what I would go. I would go well, with it's one and a half. I know. Um, I'll go Austin Gomez. Gomez. Do we know that Gomez is back? Is he? Is there a probable? Is Gomez back for sure? Because he didn't wrestle. I have not seen any. Has he been 
out. And they also had they also had uh, he didn't wrestle Midlands, and they also had Zargo and Hilger both medical forfeited out of Midlands also. Uh, and they they don't really have good backup options at those weights. It'd be interesting to see if those guys are back in the lineup already. So we have a comp with uh, both both of these individuals lost to Panero. Yes. Nine nine four win for Panero over Austin. It was closer. One takedown match in the uh, Van Ness match. Little bit different strategy wrestled by uh, them against him. A hundred percent. Very different strategies. Um, oh, man. I kind of think huh. Austin, Austin, by a little bit here. Um, where is this? Is this at Wisconsin? At Wisconsin. This is at Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. Austin's one of those guys I feel like the crowd could actually be a little, little bit of a factor here. I'm just not sure. I think Van Ness is going to have a hard time right now scoring on Austin Gomez. Maybe by the end of the year he could. Yeah. But he had a hard time against Pinero. Panero's a different. Panero's hard to score on, though, boy. Panero is so hard to score on. He's just hard to get to. Yes, but Gomez um, is different. I was in that thinking, way. I was thinking, you know, Van Ness will probably employ a similar strategy uh, that he did against Panero, where he just kind of tries to really hand hand fight hard and, and wear him out a little bit before he starts attacking. That's probably what he'll do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing you got to do against Austin is you can't let him come up to the body. He likes to shoot and then come to the body. That's uh, that's where he's really, really good. So you gotta like be cognizant of that because most people, you know, your body is trained to sprawl and then accept someone coming to the body because it's not nearly as, as much of a threat as them being on the leg. But with Austin, it's probably opposite. It's probably worse. Yeah. Yeah. Probably worse. Shane Venice, obviously not on Austin Gomez's level, but he's competent upper body. He's solid there. He's solid. I still wouldn't recommend yeah. getting into a body off with Austin Gomez. Yeah, but I, uh, he might be able at least to hold his ground if they only get there once or twice. This is super tough for me. Um but I think this crack it's it's Gomez covers. If um Shane Venice wins how do you rank that weight? Because <laughs> uh, I think that's a very it's a very good possibility Shane Venice wins. Because then he's beaten Austin. He's beyond that what were his signature wins? That's it. That's why he's ranked what is it like 17 13 13 13? yeah you do that i don't know it's it's going to be a conundrum you got to get him in the conundrum. top 5 range got to put him in the top 5 i know you don't like to rank panero high but um you know panero's number 3 right now this guy be yeah, it took, <laughs> took you a while it took you long enough uh so yeah i think yeah i think he jumps into the top 5 potentially but it's going to be tough yeah. for him to do it this time i think he's got to I think Gomez has to be kind of felt, and you got to understand a little bit of the the dangers and dangers. You may, you may have to learn the hard way the first time. So I'll take Gomez here. Sixty five Hamity versus Facundo Hamity, a two and a half point favorite. That feels like I a lot. Think, oh really? Well, Hamity had a huge bonus rate last year, but I think Facundo is very hard to score on. Yes. He's beat him. He's beat. <clears throat> he actually knocked uh, Hamity out of UWW well, juniors. juniors. That was like two I years mean, ago, though. Yeah, it was two years ago. And and I think Hamity's a much better folk styler than freestyler. And I think it's opposite with Facundo. So I'm going to go. Uh, I got the one or two point win for Hamity. I think Facundo is able to keep it competitive. I agree. That's my that's my pick. I think I think uh, Dean by two over Alex. Yeah. Hamity? Similar to yes. Yeah. By three. Hamity to cover. That's Whoa. right. 
DJ and JD sticking together. Initial alliance. Yeah, initial alliance. Those are those are big. Okay. Next up, Minnesota at Northwestern. Big that match there. Number three, Patrick McKee versus number four, Michael Diagostino. Does this match happen? JD says probably nah. not. Yeah, Diagostino has wrestling. Can that be a CKB. bet that we make? <laughs> a prop bet? Yeah, prop we would bet. not get good odds. Yeah. I go prop I, bet. Doesn't happen. Let's just pretend uh, it's a pick okay. I think these two are two and two in their career. Yeah, let's look. McKee. So he, uh, McKee won 3 1, and then lost 8 7, and then uh, lost 6 3, and then McKee won 9 6. So they are 2 and okay. 2. So it, it's. It's a true blindly shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'll take <laughs> I'll take Pat because he's been uh, healthy. Yeah, yeah Diagostino coming off an injury, so yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm gonna go with. Um, Although McKee didn't wrestle with... at uh, Scuffle, true, but and a lot of yeah. Minnesota starters did. Yeah, but no Brayton Lee, no Gable Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Sparks at today? Actually, speaking of that. Uh, he's third. Well, he's he's Wednesday normally, but yeah, he couldn't come. He he was uh fired up about last night's duel. Yeah, apparently he duels, 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 or duel means, duel means, duel means, duel means. He uh typed it out till he hit that character limit. There's no limit to Shane's character, however. That is true. All right, so we're we're going we're all with McKee on this one, but we don't think yes. it's going to happen. Yeah, Minnesota Northwestern. That's the uh, Saturday duel to tune into. Okay. Saturday night's all right for fighting, says Elton John. Saturday. Parko Parko Pinero. Ooh, man. Moving on. This is Sunday. I know, I know. I already got my answer. Pinero wins by one point. Pinero by. So I'm taking. Point. So Parko covers. Parko covers. Ooh. Man. This is another very this is tough. Highly likely scenario. I like Panero. Um but it's such a needle thread. My gosh. You're also giving Parko the ability to Parko win. Could, I mean Parko could win. There's a yeah, chance. I'll take Parko. Sure. Give me Parko. Um not to win. But I I just like that if he wins, I win. Panero. <laughs> yeah. I you could be right. The I think if I was if I got good odds on a one point victory for Panero, I, I would have put a a pretty penny down on that though. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we already did Spencer Ramos. We do we all take Spencer? Yes. My gosh. Not Tyler. Who, oh, Ty, producer <laughs> Tyler's all in on Matt Ramos. <laughs> oh my God. Tyler, who I'm pretty sure on. I'm pretty sure he's never watched wrestle. Uh, I don't know if you can confirm, Tyler. No idea who he is. No idea who he is. <laughs> all right, perfect, perfect. That's it. That's uh, Tyler's take of the season. It's just Spencer will take a loss at some point. Has he said that? Really, yes. Tyler? You said that? <laughs> he doesn't even watch wrestling, yes. but very he's just got a he's got a feeling. Um, he likes the long shots. Okay, Trey Munoz versus Travis Whitlake. Munoz, two-and-a-half-point favorite. And I'm taking Munoz. Really? Really? You think he runs it up? I'm not. I got Whitlake. I got Whitlake also. I think it's close. 
Did y'all see the video? I think it was Adam Angle that posted it of Munoz like demonstrating some move for John Smith oh, at really? a camp when he was like ten. No of way. It, because of his dad. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Wow. No. So funny. If you hear some music right now coming through, it's... I can't hear anything. Okay, good. Well, Cornell is practicing like you know, thirty feet over there. Oh, way. they cho- they chose to stay in Austin and hey, keep hanging out. I love yeah. it. They go food trucking today. Gonna go uh, maybe to Barton Springs in a little bit. Have a good time. Yep. Yeah, JD's gonna do a, a leg riding demonstration for him. <laughs> Get him there up we go, JD. There. Show him how it's done. Uh, okay, so I'm I got Whitlake here covering two and a half. I think that's um, yeah. I feel I feel good about that one. You and I at Missouri. Happel versus Allen Hart. Number seven versus number nine. JD says Happel point and a half favorite. I'm going I really, Hart. I I think I might too. I really liked what I saw from from Allen at at the scuffle. I know he got you know, Listen, Andrew Lear is just a different cat this year, and and I just write off of that. But he he handled Berglund. I think he's got a great shot at winning. I love that with a one point Kale Happel win, I still win with Allen Hart. So I'm going with that. Yeah, Hart beat him nine seven last year in the duel. I, I remember him winning that. So yeah, let's go Allen Hart. Bad line by JD, but he has to pick Kyle oh. now. Oh, he's picking yep. hard too. Pick he just guy. sets gotta himself pick up. Guy. Let's go. He just Do sets it. himself up. I went against both of y'all on the last one. What do you mean? This is but and the this... one before that, Panero and Parco. I we see what you're doing. Everyone, we're all onto your game. I think it's because it. Kale's we having a good it. year. Kale, because Kale's small school Iowa. That's why. <laughs> and don't think I don't know that you're small school Iowa. He's from Lisbon. You're from Hamilton County. This is true. Named after Andy. Okay. Next match, Mahler versus Real Buto. JD, craziest line of the year. This is this is the Ben Askren. I thought this was a terrible line. Terrible also, yeah. line. Too much for Mahler? Way too much. Way Rubuto, too much. Real Buto could win this match. Um, Real Buto could win, and Mahler barely beats anyone by that much. Yes. Um, so you have to take Mahler. Um, yes, you have to take Mahler for this yeah. line. Real Buto, had a, he did have a very good... Uh, national duels, but he got tech fault by Lamer, and he lost I to Hagen by I six. He, he might have checked out that match. Which he got tech fault by Chance Lamer. Yeah, I would yell at <laughs> checking out. Yes, that happened. That did happen. Right. Why did that happen, Ben? Why did I you let know. that happen? I don't know what he was doing. He did my not have a good CK. I, mean, I had no idea that happened. happened. It was not good. Look, Man, you, you can at least say he like checked out of that match, but he lost to Alec Hagen by six. That was oh also my. Vegas. Wow. But uh, honestly, it doesn't count because what happens in Vegas has to stay in Vegas <laughs> by law. That's, that's that's the law. That's the city ordinance. But he had, I mean, Colin looked way better at um, National Duels. Uh, National Duels. He duels. Yes, he did. And, he did. Obviously, well, he, he, he beat And Arrington. Right? He beat Arrington, too. Yes, he beat Arrington. What that match was that? weird because he was like trying to kill Arrington and then Arrington like kind of came back on him a little bit. Yeah, it was weird. He does some weird stuff. Sometimes you're like, yeah. like just his choices are strange. Man, I, that, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm still going real buto, but um, yes. upon further review, <laughs> a, little, a little more nervous about Colin. And I, I, I mean, I think he, beat, he beat Kellen March, who just won the scuffle, also. Yeah, he's a real buto could be a tough guy. For for our lines, I feel this uh, over the course yeah. of the season, and I, I've thought Mahler has looked really good this season. 
Yeah, I would have liked to see him at that that field at, at the scuffle. But yeah, maybe three and a half was too much. Probably should have gone two and a half. Uh, dude, if you got tech by chance, Lamer lost by six to Hagen. Three and a half is a very fair line. <laughs> you're, you're right. Um, don't second guess yourself because me and Ben are bullies. Believe. Okay. So that's the that is all of our pickums. Any other duels we should uh, we should mention? There's there's many. You know, I love it when you guys. I know you guys are planning to do this because you do it where you do like all the duels that are going to happen this weekend, and I can just scroll through and see all the duels. Yeah, Great. we can. I love it. We will do that. Rutgers Ryder also going down this weekend. Um, Michigan will be at CSU Bakersfield. Wisconsin Illinois. Okay. Um, any. Uh, unfortunately, best... a lot of their top guys don't really match up. Yeah. Maybe Bronigal Hamity. Yeah, Bronigal Hamity. That'll be fun. And Bronigal Amos. Oh, that's a uh, Midlands rematch. Mm-hmm. Of uh, tiebreakers. Yes, tiebreakers. Okay. Not not super entertaining match. No. Until sure. until the very end. Right. All right. Do you want to go West Virginia? Uh, can we talk Pitt? about Brand, hold on, uh, Brands and Ruth. That should be fun. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm taking Ruth. Probably Ruth. I've not seen enough of Nelson uh, this year. And I think Ruth is really good. I do, too. And then we're going to see Tom Brands versus Ed Ruth. <laughs> that would be sweet. I, I would also take Ruth in that match. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bigger, a little younger. little younger. Okay, someone's screaming over there. What do you think happened? Someone tore their ACL. Oh, my gosh. Don't say that. No, nah, it's, it's, I, th- I think <laughs> they might be playing a game. Uh, so um, let's get to some questions. Sam Cooper says uh, Haynes is going for the rest of the season. What are your guys' thoughts on that? It was was that said? Was that put out there? I know he was listed in the probably should have been. Yeah, it should have been. Um, not that we're big planners here, but it just seems like their best option at one fifty seven. Um, my thoughts are he's probably their best. He's their best guy. I think he can place. I think 157, when we look at the composition of it, I think he can compete with these guys. That's what it says, that they think yes. he can produce at the national tournament yep. this year. Yes. Because, especially with Monday going up, and it, the 157 field is just wide open. He lost to Vinny Zerbin this year um, in sudden victory, which maybe can uh, taper some expectations. He beat Bearclaw two one, but then his his collegiate duels he did fantastic, was really you know, good. He killed. Look, Corbin we know Monson. he's. I shouldn't say no, but Penn State bump at NCAs. Like we're all gonna kind of figure results yeah. are gonna be a little different first month versus March. I, I would I would assume that for sure. Yeah, he he seems to be a their best. He's their best option without a doubt, and I think he's ready. Okay. And it also <laughs> can be, I think Penn State's got some decent middleweights coming in. So it's like a. Use this year. Yeah. yeah you know, avoid avoid a log jam later where we don't have to. We can get some production out of a, a shallow field at 157 this yes. year. Breathe. Yes. Um, a one, another medical forfeit thought that was uh, given to me. Uh, I don't want to belabor the, the topic too much, but what if they count as a loss, but not a head-to-head? 
So if you get a win over someone in medical forfeit, you don't get the, okay, wow, I beat, you know, Spencer. I don't hate that at all. You don't hate that? Yeah, I think it makes sense because you shouldn't really get credit for a match that didn't happen, but it should hit your record and your win percentage. Agreed. Stinks when, like, a guy, two very even opponents would potentially face. One guy won, you know, a one-point match early and then forfeits out the next time, and you don't get the opportunity to get that head-to-head. But at least you get an L on your record for the... For taking it, and maybe there would sure. be fewer if that was the reality. So I, I like that aspect of it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody um, asked a question: What if NC Student was based solely off ranked wins? Nothing else. Losses don't matter. You can't do that. Losses do need to matter. Well, they. But they kind the of do it. They kind of do, do that. With, yeah. They're they're totally weird about how the how the losses are are factored in. Um, course who who you beat is a sort of a huge barometer of where you get ranked and how you get slotted in there so to a degree yeah. it's kind of, kind of like that um let's see okay wrestling dad 15 i i enjoy listening to ben talk about coaching philosophies among p pnl clubs he's mostly discussed areas where coaches are like-minded but what are some areas where there isn't consensus especially curious if coaches share ben's hmm. perspective on weight cutting Oh, that one, yes, hundred percent. Very different view. Like, views. yeah, like the last one, we didn't really do weigh-ins too. We all trusted each other, and it worked out great. Um, and the first, the first one we did satellite weigh-ins also, and it was fine. Um, there's one team that people are maybe a little bit skeptical of. I won't put them out in the street, but maybe. Um, but yeah, for the most of us, we all we all totally agree on the weight cutting issue. Um, now, are you what, are what you do saying we disagree that this? On? This team you're referring to has a different philosophy on weight cutting or just other stuff? No, no, that they may have may have fudged the uh, uh, satellite wins a little bit. Oh. We're not certain, though. <laughs> um, um, let me think. What do we disagree on? Not not all that much. Not all that much. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think there's been a heated debate yet in all I mean we've been in so many phone calls. Yeah, I, really? don't, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, maybe the biggest one would be like Paulson and Dominguez really like Greco and Izzy likes Greco, and then the rest of us, we don't really love it. And obviously, it would it would make the tournament like a day longer if we had to do a Greco portion also. Uh, but it was it was all very respectful discussion. Um, what else do we disagree on? Yeah, We're, I don't know. I, don't I think you, we, okay? Well, don't you think what? your overall training philosophy definitely varies from theirs? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I was just talking to Izzy yesterday and Izzy said, you know, something like, you know, I got to train him hard because I, I don't have the technical background that you do or something like that. Or, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about that. Um, so I think from a a technical standpoint, I think maybe, you know, we lean a little more into the technique, but I think that like, I think M2 would probably lean into the technique also. Um, I think, I think Valiant's kind of like that, you know, they got a lot of good technical people. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess that would be a little bit different. So if we were both in the same room in the same club and we had to say, how are we going to run this practice or these practices? I think maybe, but I think like we have enough respect for each other where we would figure it out and not really bicker and argue that much. That's probably why it works. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's been no really, um, 
I don't think there's been any heated discussions or, or contentious arguments or anything like that at all. I think everyone's been good. And we all we all mostly agree. I mean, we totally agree on like the weight cut. We don't want to weight cut. We don't want season matches twelve months a year. Um we we hate the all star dual things. We don't think you know, our PL started at fifth grade. We don't think they should be younger than that traveling nationally. Yeah. We're we're kind of all on the same page. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. That's probably why it, yeah. probably why no, it works. Good. Yes. Um, Honestly, I think, uh, sorry, uh, let me say, so I think anyone who is been around uh, like youth wrestling for that long, like multiple years, and has also wrestled at a high level, like, you know, I think it's hard for them to not see it that way. Now, some of them get forced into, here's like some of those coaches who they, they maybe they know a better way. They feel forced into doing it the way that's already been done because um, they got to make a living if they're going to do it as a club. And little Billy says, well, so-and-so had an eight-year-old state champ and they trained really hard at eight years old. And so then the person running that club be like, well, I have to do that. I have to keep up with that. And even though they know it's bullshit, they feel like they had to keep up with it. So they're, they, they cater to those. A lot of the dads, uh, my uh, the dads we have at AWA, I have almost no complaints. Like it's very minimal. Um, but even even on the calls from what some of the other coaches say about the dads they have to deal with, it's like the dads say, "No, no, no I know better." And if you're not going to do it this way, then we're going to go to a different club or we're going to do something else. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Thank God, I don't have to deal with that because I would that would be terrible. And they they make me feel that way that that some of them have to do that. I guess uh, my question is like, um, you know, the athletes are are a customer, right? That's like how they're they're making Mm -hmm. a living. But having a a good one versus a, um, you know, whether the kid's an elite with this crazy dad that's super driven or whatever, or it's just a regular kid that's just trying to get into a sport, like it doesn't affect their bottom line. So why I don't understand why they feel the need to acquiesce there. Like, no, no, it... it does. It does affect their bottom line, Christian, for sure. Elaborate. Because, well, okay, so you have a club, right? Um, now, in, in this area, for example, there wasn't a lot of wrestling where Max where Max has his club. And so he kind of literally had to build the wrestlers from scratch, which has been good and bad because you don't have that, like, historical development. Okay, but so there's two clubs, and they both open up in the same place, okay? One um has say you know my philosophy more long-term development but they don't have my credentials right but they have this philosophy and it does not make kids that great at six seven eight nine ten but who really gives a damn really even 11 12 the the really the tides start turning um like eighth ninth tenth that's when it really starts clicking in right so that takes a while that takes a lot of patience to say i know this is going to work later it's not mm-hmm. great right now. We're not seeing the results because in wrestling, there's all these youth terms. So you see the results. Okay. So, so the guy doesn't have the credentials. Club B says, this is the way we do it. We grind. We wrestle our six year old 50 matches. And so the, that guy who would not be good for long term development is his eight year old, nine year old, 10 year old. They're all killers. And they, they, they beat up all the other eight, nine, 10 year olds and they win all the tournaments. What do you think most parents are going to take their kids to? Do you yeah. think they're going to be able to see the vision of the long-term development? Because most parents don't. Well, I, I think that's where, if it's a if it's a coach and you don't know, you know their their accolades or their credentials, it's one thing. But if it's 
you or a Brandon Paulson or is but, he... no, but even if it's a good division, let's say let's say uh, a solid division one wrestler, maybe kind of close to all American, but didn't quite get there. But he knows his stuff. And the other guy was like, uh, he was a good high school wrestler, but never made it in college, never did anything. That that's like a, that's probably a more proper scenario. Right. Yeah, you would probably go with the division one. That, no, that. they don't. They don't. They don't. I'm I'm telling you for for certain, they will. Most parents will fall for the. Oh well, this the the guy that guy's got he's got nine year old state champs and ten year old state champs, and I want my kid to go train with those kids. Like that is a yeah. big thing. Say third through eight, third through seventh grade. I mean, even at AWA, Christian, you see all the things that we do and all the Division One kids and all the high level. There's still a lot of kids who won't come over to us until like eighth or ninth grade because they fi- it finally starts clicking that our kids our kids start doing this. And then these other kids are get that who have been better are getting left behind, and they're like, "Oh my God, these I got to go over there because there's obviously something there." You know, that literally happens with us, and we are one of the more established clubs in the country at this point. Yeah. So to a new guy, the the parents aren't buying that vision; they don't see it. It's so hard. Mm. It really yeah, I is. Guess so. That's uh, yeah, it's too bad. It really is. I mean, yeah, and they'll they'll yeah. I could, I could, I could, I mean, it kind of sounds like complaining a little bit, uh, but I could talk about that for, for hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I guess maybe I, but I can I'm, tell you this is my business and they are choosing the club that grinds them for sure, especially in places like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, like those wrestling hotbeds who, you know, they say, well, that was the way I did it. I worked hard when I was that age. Now you need to go do it too. Yeah. Like that's for certain happening. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, and I guess not the not the biggest surprise either. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? It's, it's a funny. From uh, this guy asked, uh, moving up the ladder, what's the heaviest weight Bartlett could win a title at? It's a good question. <laughs> I think I think around seventy four. Seventy four, eighty four range. Stop. No. All right. I think forty one's uh I think forty one's a perfect weight for young Bo. There's a decent at least one decent wrestler at one forty nine. Yeah, he's pretty good. Forty nine's <laughs> kinda good this year. Pretty good. Uh mo- uh what is the worst season record someone has had in one NCAAs in a single branch? Well this is definitely gonna be um Mark Branch. Mark right? Branch, yeah. Um what was what was his record? Was it like seven eight nine going into NCA, so eight nine plus eight, nine? um Yeah. Classic eight and nine NCAA champion. Classic. You just gotta get hot at the right time. That's so crazy to think about that happening. But I bet Shane Sparks loves that. That can that, point to that that anybody been, can win. That's been fueling <laughs> Mark Branch has been fueling Shane Sparks crazy <laughs> takes for since the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mark uh, Branch. You don't think I'm not even going to say the kid's name because it's not fair for yeah, you to catch the stray every then, time. Then someone gets mad but, at you for no good reason. It, it's Shane's fault. It is Shane's fault. He makes it so we have to say we have to. You you, you know, know what I was thinking about is your fault. Your fault is that I I have to go against Bo Bartlett so much because you have these outlandish takes on him. What is my what is my outlandish take? The fault. only take I've ever had is that he's going to win an NCAA title at some point. And you and Bracky haters, I said at some point. <laughs> He's gonna win a national title, and that was just like you guys. No, your, I don't. I don't think that is. I think exploded. it's just, no, no, Christian. You picked him in so many matches. He's not one in. You are like 
on I bet Bo my Bartlett I bet picks, my success rate with Bo is three and eleven. You were like three and eleven on Bo Bartlett picks. I bet not. I bet you are. <laughs> we'll we'll look. Well, at the end of this year, we'll see how we are. We you could do a Bo Bartlett line every single week. I bet I'm gonna be about right. Oh my goodness! All right, I'm done with the Bo Bartlett because I actually don't think he's that bad. I have nothing against him, but you just have these outlandish takes. So it seems like I'm against him. I think they're that, that I'm like I'm not actually against him. Why? What the hell? I find my takes to be very landish. Where did that landish come from? That is yeah, I know. When up. you think about it, it's like landish isn't really a word, is it? Yeah, um, why is that a word? No one Looking says... or sounding bizarre or unfamiliar. So unfamiliar. where did it come? It should be familiar now. It's very familiar for you to hear me say things about Bo Bartlett. Um, related terms, inlandish and uplandish. Inlandish? No one said, I've never heard anyone say those words. <laughs> I've never ever. heard anyone say landish until I just did. I was like, I don't, I don't. Is that actually a word? Landish I don't think so. I don't think landish is a word. Uh, that was, that was actually one of our questions. No, it is. Landish uh, pertaining to a characteristic of land quotations. Right. And that's how I meant it. We need to go. We need to go. We need to go. We're talking about landish. That means about landish. <laughs> We knew it was only a matter of time. We thank you guys so much for tuning in on this Thursday. Thanks for watching last night, all of those, many of you that did. Come watch party Friday night. We're partying. Who's partying with you? The one Andrew Spay. Oh, those are two party boys right there. All right, fun weekend of wrestling. We have a lot of preview content. We'll have some recaps from all the weekend's duels. Thanks so much. We will be back Monday. I'm Hecker Highwater. Thanks so much. We'll see you then. Thank you. Goodbye.